Hi, um, it's Tom Roberts here from Blackstock, and today I'm with Caroline Marston from Marston Properties and Dean Clifford from uh, Great Marlborough Estates. Today we're uh, talking about heritage and more specifically London's built heritage. Um, I'll open with a question to both of you. Um, why is it so important? It's obviously, you know, London's a dynamic city. There's a huge flow of people, lots of changes in industry um, over the, you know, the last 100 years, let alone the last 500. Why is it so important to preserve the city's heritage? Um, why do we need to keep old buildings and why do we need to refurbish them? Why just not knock everything down and build afresh each time? I think from a, from a Great Marlborough perspective, what we, what we have seen is that people want authentic, uh, they, want, they want reality, they want identity. And across London, what you have is effectively a series of urban villages. Mm. So whether that be Clerkenwell, Notting Hill, Mayfair, Soho. And what makes these villages and locations important and special is the built environment. And so when we look at buildings, I think the preservation and the redevelopment of these buildings is extremely important. So if you look at Clark and Well as, a, as an example, they originally warehouses, hmm. uh, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. And today they're still warehouses. I but think this are, is an, an actual old warehouse on the site of an old warehouse itself. Yeah. Isn't it, from, yeah. And I think there's original brick. And, and, and so and today this is occupied by a, by a PR company and a, and a QSing firm. Yeah. And I think um, what you have is, is that as um, societies change, economies develop, um, you know, um, who, who are craving these types of warehouse buildings? Well, it's the creative industries, architects, um, IT companies who are looking for something um, a little with some originality to it and some, um, and some authenticity. And so certainly from our perspective, keeping heritage and not necessarily keeping it in cotton wool, mm. but actually making it appropriate for today is extremely important. Yeah, I haven't got much to add to that. I do think it gives sort of a um, more sort of texture and um, our buildings that are sort of, well, probably 150 years old are actually just as relevant if you are allowed to bring them up to date and make them work for modern standards. But that's where her heritage can sometimes butt in and actually make a building irrelevant because it does have to change. It can't be exactly as it was built and that can be where the problems are. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, if you look across London, London is, a, is as you know, we're talking specifically about London here, but it is a low city. It's a low built city. We, we have small areas of clusters of towers, whether that be at Canary Wharf or as emerging in Vauxhall and Wandsworth, etc. But effectively, London is a, is, a, is, is a small scale city. Do you, do you think we've been overly restrictive in, in that regard? Because if you look at, say, Barcelona, Paris, a lot of mainland European cities, they're a bit a little bit taller and a little bit more dense than we are. Um, is, is, is that something do you think London can achieve without damaging its, its built heritage there, its, its, its lasting legacy? I think in parts, but I think, say, if you take Barcelona as an example, a lot of buildings, uh, it's the usage that's much looser. So you could have uh, commercial use mixed up with residential. And I think, therefore, you know, you can be much more flexible. And I think we've got a real challenge with buildings in London now with uses that are going to become irrelevant, like retail what's going to happen to all the massive great department stores and you know maybe again they'll be preserved for heritage i don't know will they be relevant 
but they might have to become something else. So do you think heritage is, is, is sometimes um, wrongly labelled as, 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 as a kind of barrier to development in London and it's got much more to do with restrictive use classes than trying to preserve... That, that's, that's the real... Would you say that's more of an issue in, in stifling development in London than, than planning rules around preserving the I think it can get mixed up past. with it, yes. I think it can, it can become part of the same problem. But I think, yeah, usage is a massive issue because actually old built, this wasn't built as we're sitting here today. It's changed because it's had to answer a different, a different need. And I think usage becomes far too uh, restrictive um, at the moment, although you could say actually um, permitted development has actually allowed um, commercial buildings to change into residential. Yeah, that, so that, that, that's been very controversial, though, hasn't yeah, it? It's, the, the, it's the, created it's some good things, but it's also created some really bad things. Um, so, yeah, you can never quite get it right, but there needs to be a balance, <laughs> doesn't there? And that's why I go back to sort of a yeah, collegiate approach to um, all the various parties being involved in reaching a, a sort of balanced decision. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, and I think even just the even just the term heritage is quite an emotive subject. So, you know, some people, you know, different people view heritage in different ways and what should be protected, what necessarily shouldn't be protected. Um, but overall, uh, you know, what needs to happen is that there, that there needs to be progress and buildings need to be appropriate. Buildings are, are not, are not um, monuments. Mm. And I think that... Um, you know, certainly for us as developers, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, the same is for you, Caroline, is that, you know, what you, what you want to do is create the best buildings that you can do that's appropriate for the time. And do you, and do you think, just, just before we, we move on to you guys, like the kind of challenges and, and, and also the bonuses you guys have had working with older buildings, deeper and more characterful buildings, do you talked about there the getting the balance right between preservation and progress. Do you think... London as a city, I mean, the UK in the whole has done that too well, or do you think we've, we've done that badly? And also, where do you draw the line? Because obviously, you know, brutalism gets a bit of a kicking in a lot of, uh, I mean, it's quite popular among, uh, I think I've read somewhere, the, the uh, what's the, the one near us called? The, uh, oh, Brunswick, Barbican. Bar- Barbican, no. yeah, yeah, sorry. So the, bar- the Barbican, I heard that's disproportionately popular with architects as, as, as residents there, but a lot of people will consider it an eyesore. Where, how do you think you balance that kind of, change in taste with you know keeping with the countries i think i think it i think there's always a, a, a slightly difficult balance uh but but i think if you look at london as a whole i think i think by one way or another there is um i think it's it's that there is a fair balance there certainly from what we see i mean it's you know london is a is a wonderful city which uh you know most others would would absolutely uh you know die for so i think i think the reality is is that there is a fair that, that as an overall there is a fair balance but um you know we've all come across instances where it's been extremely difficult um to uh to try and find that right balance as well but would you agree caroline do you think london as a city is, is done i would <clears throat> i think we're a lot better at actually preser- i think we're better at preserving generally than we are at actually kind of building the future because maybe that's why we're so comfortable with you know using old buildings um that's not to say it's always easy it's really really difficult and it's very much more expensive but i think um yeah i think people are much more scared about something they can't you know that they've never seen before um so they are more comfortable with the with the old buildings but i think yeah the sort of brutalism and the those buildings are all going to come back into... People are fond of them already. And so I you, think, think you think they'll see something of a renaissance? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. And I think we don't know now what's going to be, you know, what the next 
generation Tastes sort of to, yeah what are yeah. they going to sort yeah. of look back on and think were marvelous I, I, I would I would I would really agree with that and I think that's a really important point is that actually um, it, it's probably not the more historic buildings that people get uncomfortable with it's actually some of the more modern ones and 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 what people are finding is that perhaps with uh you know glass towers that have been built not that long ago they perhaps feel more dated more quickly uh, and we all know of examples of of those types of mm. developments and perhaps in time then when one gets more comfortable then actually you can appreciate it a little bit more mm-hmm. but actually modern architecture is perhaps more of a struggle for some rather than heritage. And, and, and what are the challenges that you have, have both faced when, when developing buildings with, with heritage values? Obviously, there's a, you know, you've not just got the rules, but then you've got the conditions of the buildings themselves to contend with. How, can you guys give some, some examples? Well, from our point of view, it's, I'd say it's inconsistency. So if we take on a building we know is listed, um, mm. you never can tell from the outset whether you're going to have to keep everything in that building albeit it might be sort of 60s sort of interventions or whether you are able to take it back to how it was built um, and it's very unclear from the outset how the officer because you're dependent really on on one officer's opinions quite often um, so we've had experience of both where we've been amazed at how uh, they've worked with us and we've actually achieved something we think is really good and other times where we think it's been a real compromise and, and how would you say we, we, go, we could go about ironing out those inconsistencies? Is it that we need to use, have a tighter use of language in, in the kind of regulation surrounding it? Or is it something that you don't think you can ever really yeah. iron out? Well, I think a bit like planning, we've got to try and stop it being quite so adversarial. So it's sort of like you start off with two sides and really you're, you're trying to reach a, a conclusion that so works for everybody and it should be more of a yeah, sort collaborative. Of yeah, collaborative approach. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yourself, Dina, how, how, have, how have Great Marlborough Estates, how, how, how have you found the, 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 this, well, well, not just the planning system, but how have you found dealing with buildings of heritage value? Well, we, I think we've been rather fortunate in so far as it, it, it's one of our areas of specialism at Great Marlborough. So um, we are undertaking a redevelopment of a Grade 1 listed Crescent, Nash Crescent in Regent's Park, which is a complete redevelopment. Um, of a Nash Crescent, as I say, which is grade one listed, which is quite unusual. Uh, None of it was original. Mm. Um, It was recreated um, after the war in the 1960s. Uh, But we, through a long consultation process with Historic England and with Westminster Council, um, I think are able and we are now developing something which I think is will be very special and um, a real iconic uh, redevelopment for... For, for, for the city so we went to the national archives at Kew and we did all of our research and homework and you know you do have to give confidence um to uh, to the planners and all of the statutory bodies to make sure that they're comfortable with what you're doing i think the bit that um caroline is also highlighting in so far as inconsistencies that you have and that, that we all face is that obviously we have modern regulations where we're meant to be building to you know, modern standards, uh, whether that be, you know, um, uh, heating, cooling, etc. And very often these historic buildings don't, don't, mm. don't work that way. And what you find is, is that um, depending on which way the officers, you know, whether that be the design and conservation officer or the planning officer um, sits and where they view the world, you, you, you tend to get skewed decisions at times. But as I say, you know, we've, we've, 
we are developing a, a number of listed buildings or redeveloping with working with listed buildings and the other problem that we also face as developers is that once you start to work on them you always get surprises <laughs> you always end up getting things that you never think you're going to find and uh, it, it, it Yes, it's, it, one, it, it's one half the challenge, isn't it? It is. It is a challenge. It is a challenge, but I. But as I say, for us, I think we um, we think that at the moment, particularly in a particularly in a in a in, in a in a softer residential market, is it's really what people want. People do actually really want to buy and live in these buildings with character, with history, with authenticity, um, and so that's where you know that's that, that that's an area that we really focus so you, on. You think there's a sort of heritage or period premium I, I do yeah I do think you can I think you can recreate it you know that sounds bad but it's um, you can create that kind of texture in new buildings but there's something about an old building where you've had to you've had to uh, incorporate something which you never would do at the outset that kind of somehow works and you can't re- recreate that I mean, but a lot, a lot of the, say, for example, the mansion blocks now, so you talked about, you know, old buildings don't, and you just talked about recreating. Um, but a lot of what are, what are quite popular with people now would, would, would fall foul of modern building regulations, wouldn't they, in terms of density, in terms of disability access. Um, how, how, how do we get around that, that, that necessarily the stuff that's being brought, for, the buildings that the homes particularly that are being brought forward in a lot of London don't inspire a lot of people, but the a lot of the, what people like isn't necessarily suitable for the modern world. I think that comes down a lot of the time to the skill of the developer and their team. So it's working with the right types of architects. I mean, you know, clearly in you know, listed buildings, you're not going to get double glazing. It doesn't happen. You know, and you, you are going to have to skillfully put in secondary glazing or, mm. uh, you know, use appropriate um, means. And, and, and so it is about giving it that extra thought and care and attention but it's not easy it isn't. Um, i'm just gonna um, we did actually get, manage to get um double glazing in a list of building because that's we were working with the officer because it's um it's a really difficult building on a crossroads and it's very noisy and it's very hot and um and we worked with um, a company we used steel windows so we made we've managed to make them look as if they were more like the cast iron windows there so it you know as i said sometimes it can really work really well um, and the original windows had gone anyway a long time before, so mm. we managed to argue that it was the right thing. And um, if you, what, what policies in this area w- w- would you particularly change regard surrounding the redevelopment of, of, of heritage buildings? What, what would you look to improve? Difficult one. I'm not sure I would change it. I think it actually works. I think listing okay. officers are pretty uh, amazing. I think they look at, they don't just look at the individual building, they are looking at the stock overall. And, you know, that we've got a lot of Victorian buildings in London, a lot of Edwardian buildings. So they will be very um, circumspect about, you know, listing many of those. And I think it's going forward that's interesting. What, what are we creating that's going to be valuable for the future? I would, I would echo what Caroline just said. I think, I think there are some really good officers out there who, who really know what they're doing and I think um, they're there you know to be applauded um, I think one area particularly on the larger um, the larger projects is that actually there is very little credit given to the amount of additional work the additional cost the um, a- a- additional detailing that 
us as developers have to put into heritage buildings. Um, and uh, I'm certainly not uh, looking for re a reward for it, but I think that very often it... Um, well, I've got rebar rewards for that, the, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think that very often that um, the way that policy is skewed is that the tone is much more on restriction rather than positive enhancement, if that, if that makes sense. And I think that just the tone of policy for heritage and for listed buildings and even things like archaeology um, could, could have a more positive spin rather than necessarily it being seen as a penalty or an additional cost and expense. So it, so it comes back to what Caroline was saying earlier, really, about being a bit more collaborative and cooperative-minded from mm. the offset. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have time for, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.